Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Courier v. Virginia, certiori to the Supreme Court of Virginia, argued February 20, 2018, decided June 22, 2018. If the listener is not familiar with the phrase more prejudicial than probative, uh, you may want to Google that before you listen to this one because it won't make a lot of sense. Petitioner Michael Courier was indicted for burglary, grand larceny, and unlawful possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Because the prosecution could introduce evidence of Mr. Courier's prior burglary and larceny convictions to prove the felon in possession charge, and worried that evidence might prejudice the jury's consideration of the other charges, Mr. Courier and the government agreed to a severance and asked the court to try the burglary and larceny charges first, followed by a second trial on the felon in possession charge. At the first trial, Mr. Courier was acquitted. He then thought, sought to stop the second trial, arguing that it would amount to double jeopardy. Alternatively, he asked the court to prohibit the state from relitigating at the second trial any issue resolved in his favor in the first. The trial court denied his request and allowed the second trial to proceed, unfettered. The jury convicted him on the felon in possession charge. The Virginia Court of Appeals rejected his double jeopardy arguments, and the Virginia Supreme Court summarily affirmed. The Supreme Court held... The judgment is affirmed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion of the court with respect to parts 1 and 2, concluding that because Mr. Courier consented to a severance, his trial and conviction on the felon in possession charges did not violate the double jeopardy clause, which provides that no person may be tried more than once for the same offense. Mr. Courier argues that Ash versus Swenson requires a ruling for him. There, the court held, that the Double Jeopardy Clause barred a defendant's prosecution for robbing a poker player because the defendant's acquittal in a previous trial for robbing a different poker player from the same game established that the defendant was not one of the robbers. Ash's suggestion that relitigation of an issue may amount to the impermissible relitigation of an offense represented a significant innovation in this court's jurisprudence. But whatever else may be said about Ash, the court has emphasized that its test is a demanding one. Ash forbids a second trial only if to secure a conviction on the prosecution only if to secure a conviction the prosecution must prevail on an issue the jury necessarily resolved in the defendant's favor in the first trial. A second trial is not precluded simply because it is unlikely or even very unlikely that the original jury acquitted without finding the fact in question. To say that the second trial is tantamount to a trial of the same offense as the first and thus forbidden by the Double Jeopardy Clause, the court must be able to say that it would have been irrational for the jury in the first trial to acquit without finding in the defendant's favor on a fact essential to the conviction in the second. Bearing all that in mind, a critical difference emerges between this case and Ash. Even assuming that Mr. Currier's second trial qualified as the retrial of the same offense under Ash, he consented to the second trial. In Jeffers v. United States, where the issue was a trial on a greater offense after the acquittal on a lesser-included offense, the court held that the Double Jeopardy Clause is not violated when the defendant elects to have the offenses tried separately and persuades the trial court to honor his election. If consent can overcome 
a, a traditional double jeopardy complaint about a second trial for a greater offense, it must also suffice to overcome a double jeopardy complaint under Ash's more innovative approach. Holding otherwise would be inconsistent with not only Jeffers, but with other cases too. See United States versus Dinitz. In cases Mr. Courier cites for support, Harris versus Washington, merely applied Ash's test and concluded that the second trial was impermissible. They did not address the question whether double jeopardy clause prevents a second trial when the defendant consents to it. Mr. Courier contends that he had no choice but to seek two trials because evidence of his prior convictions would have tainted the jury's consideration of the burglary and larceny charges. This is not a case, however, where the defendant had to give up one constitutional right to secure another. Instead, Mr. Courier faced a lawful choice between two courses of action that each bore potential costs and rationally attractive benefits. Difficult strategic choices are not the same as no choice. United States versus Martinez Salazar. And the Constitution does not forbid requiring a litigant to make them. Magotha versus California. Justice Gorsuch, joined by the Chief Justice, Justice Thomas, and Justice Alito, concluded in Part 3 that the civil issue preclusion principles cannot be imported into the criminal law through the Double Jeopardy Clause to prevent parties from retrying any issue or introducing any evidence about a previously tried case. Mr. Courier argues that even if he consented to the second trial, that consent did not extend to the relitigation of any issue the first jury resolved in his favor. Even assuming, for argument's sake, that Mr. Courier's consent to holding a second trial didn't more broadly imply consent to the manner it was conducted, his argument must be rejected on a narrower ground, as refuted by the text and history of the Double Jeopardy Clause, and by this Court's contemporary Double Jeopardy cases. See Blockburger v. United States, Dowlings v. United States, uh, nor is it even clear that civil preclusion principles would help defendants like Mr. Courier. See Bravo Fernandez versus United States. Grafting civil preclusion principles onto the criminal law could also invalidate, invite ironies. Making severances more costly might make them less freely available. Justice Kennedy concluded that because parts one and two of the court's opinion resolved this case in full and proper way, the extent of the double jeopardy clause protections discussed and defined in Ash need not be re-examined here. Justice Gorsuch announced the judgment of the court and delivered the opinion of the court with respects to parts one and two, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Kennedy, Thomas, and Alito joined. In an opinion with respect to parts three, which Chief Justice Roberts joined, and joined by Justices Thomas and Alito, Justice Kennedy filed an opinion concurring in part. Justice Ginsburg filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined. Thank you for listening.